0: Well, welcome to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness, a company providing life-changing nutritional support through nutrition classes and individual counseling. Good morning to our listeners. I'm Shelby Hummel, a licensed nutritionist, and I encourage you to stay tuned, especially if you're a teenager, maybe a parent of a teen, or even a grandparent of a teen, because today Cara and I are going to discuss The Nutritional Connection to Teen Anxiety and Depression.
1: And I also want to say good morning to our listeners. My name is Kara Carper. I'm a licensed nutritionist as well and co-host of today's show. I've been counseling clients and teaching nutrition classes for the past seven years. And not only do I understand the food connection to depression and anxiety as a nutritionist, but I understand that connection on a very personal level as well. And I'm not just a nutritionist who's going to tell you, don't eat your favorite treats and high sugar foods. But in addition, I explain why. I explain the harmful effects of these foods to your brain. And then together, we can come up with a solution and find foods that are going to support your brain function.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And Dr. Daniel Amen, psychiatrist and author of Making a Good Brain Great, says, when your brain works right You work right. When your brain is troubled, you have trouble in your life. In the United States, there are a lot of teenagers and adults with troubled brains. I I think we hear a lot about that. Um, There was an article actually just one year ago in Time magazine that was titled, The Kids Are Not All Right. American teens are anxious, depressed, and overwhelmed. Over three million adolescents, ages twelve to seventeen, in the U.S. had at least one major depre- depressive episode in the past year. And this article, you know, further points out that girls are far more likely to experience depression than boys. So nearly about uh, nearly twenty percent for girls and only about six percent for boys. So you know, we really have to be asking the question: Why would girls be more vulnerable? To depression than boys. You know, some possible reasons that I think of, Cara, could be that these adolescent girls are eating maybe a low fat or even a fat free mm-hmm. diet or skipping meals altogether to maybe cut calories.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, I was even just talking with a mom in a nutrition for weight loss. Yesterday, she mm-hmm. said, I was talking about the topic of today's show, and she yeah. said, Well, my daughter is a teen. And she's a dancer mm-hmm. and she said pretty much all everyone in the dance mm-hmm. at her school is anxious. Yeah. And um, and we kind of talked about how, you know, we need proper nutrition. Mm-hmm. We can't be mm-hmm. on a low fat diet, low calorie mm-hmm. skipping meals because that leads to low blood sugar and. Poor blood flow to the brain. Absolutely. All of the things we're going to talk
0: about this morning.
1: Yeah. And the teenage depression numbers, they're just very alarming. But not numbers for a teenage anxiety are even more alarming. Mm-hmm. And that article you were referring to in Time magazine reported that 6.3 million teens in the age range 13 to 18 mm-hmm. have an anxiety disorder. Wow. Which represents... 25% of teenagers in that age range. So that kind of raises the question, why are there so many teens suffering from anxiety?
0: Yeah, and it seems that very few people today are aware of the connection between Nutrition and mood, so nutrition and depression, or even nutrition and anxiety. Many people still tend to think of these disorders as being merely psychological or even emotional problems. You know, oh, they're such sensitive kids. But as nutritionists, we help clients understand the biochemical, that nutritional connection to anxiety and depression. You know, I want you to think about this, listeners. Food and nutrients are critical for proper brain function. In fact, there's actually a new field of study emerging called nutritional neuroscience, which is helping people understand the nutritional factors that influence their thinking, their behavior, and even their emotions. So, you know, for we're putting that very simply, when your brain has sufficient nutrients, it works right and you work right. I think that's pretty powerful. It really is. Today, we also want
1: to help you become aware of a variety of nutrients that your brain or your child's brain needs to function well and to avoid depression and anxiety. And from my personal experience, I really understand that the most important thing is to keep blood sugar balanced mm-hmm. to avoid both anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. So for example, I absolutely cannot eat a breakfast like cereal, toast, juice, banana, things like that.
0: Why not? Tell us more about that. Why wouldn't you be able to eat cereal, toast, and juice and have good brain function?
1: Because after a breakfast like that, my blood sugar level is going to spike dramatically. And then that means it's going to drop very quickly. And lead to, I mean, it could lead to depression or anxiety. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, low blood sugar usually leads to more anxiety, Mm -hmm. but it could be Mm -hmm. both. The first question that I ask, if I'm working with a teen at our office, Mm -hmm. I would just say, what are you eating for breakfast? And just another example I want to give is in the 1940s, Americans were eating two pounds of sugar per person Mm -hmm. per year. Today, Shelby, it's over 150 pounds of sugar per person per year.
0: Yeah, (laughs) quite the change. (laughs) It's a huge
1: change. If teenagers are eating things like cereal, toast, and having juice for breakfast, that's several teaspoons of uh, sugar. Mm -hmm. You were telling me how much sugar that was, wasn't it? Up to
0: 30 teaspoons? Yeah, yeah. A 16-ounce glass of orange juice is 14, around 14 teaspoons of sugar. And, you know, 16 ounces, I think that's pretty common for people. And mm-hmm. two cups of cereal, yeah, I think that's close to another 10 teaspoons of sugar. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, two slices of whole wheat toast break down into about 10 teaspoons of sugar. So you can see how that adds up really quickly it really if we doing a cereal bar or something like that even. So, to listeners, to get a visual of what 150 pounds of sugar looks like, right? Now, 150 pounds of sugar per person each year. So, I want you to visualize this the next time you go to the grocery store. You would need to purchase 30 of those five-pound bags of sugar. And when you stack up those five-pound bags of sugar in your grocery cart, You probably need more than one at that point. But think of what that would look like. You'd have to haul two or three carts full of sugar out to your car. And right now I'm thinking a lot about people with the The Halloween hangover of of sugar. And, you know, throughout the days surrounding Halloween, the average person chows down nearly a pound and a half of candy. Wow. (laughs) And we think of that candy being full of high fructose corn syrup, maybe, you know, food coloring or artificial sweeteners and bad fats. So, you know, if you're listening this morning, maybe you're thinking... But how do you know all of that sugar is bad bad for our brains? You're beating up sugar, but how do you know that it's bad? (laughs) Well,
1: there's research behind this. And researchers from the Emory University School of Medicine in 2014 found that a poor diet full of high fructose corn syrup, and keep in mind that's what most sodas contain is high Mm -hmm. fructose corn syrup, that can alter the brain health of mice. They found that an unhealthy diet could lead to an unhealthy mind. And the researcher, Constance Harrell, and her team discovered that stress hormones changed in adolescent mice when they were placed on a high-sugar diet. Hmm. So they found that after 10 weeks, the adolescent mice that were eating a diet with high fructose corn syrup reacted differently to stress. And it's because the pathway in their brains that deals with stress had been changed so the mice became
0: depressed. Wow, it sounds like sugar equals stress yes. in the brain.
1: Yes, so sugar was causing the stress, which was leading to depression.
0: Wow, that's powerful. Well, Kara, I definitely want to talk more about sugar consumption, but I think we're going to go to our first break. Okay. You are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, and our discussion this morning is about nutritional connection to teen anxiety and depression throughout today's show Car and I will share information about a variety of nutrients and other vitamin supplements that have helped many of our clients relieve or ease the symptoms of anxiety and depression Now here's a list uh, question for you listeners this morning are you starting to slide down into seasonal affective disorder also known as sad with fatigue maybe low moods and those carbohydrate cravings for donuts and crackers and chips. You know, if so, you may have nothing more than a vitamin D deficiency. And I want to let you know you're not alone. We encourage you to get your vitamin D level checked with a simple blood test. I had that done a couple months back and you know, when we get back from break car and I are going to help you understand the importance of having an adequate vitamin D level to prevent anxiety and depression. But if you have a question for us in the studio this morning, you can call us at 651-641-1071. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. Before break, we started discussing the importance of having adequate levels of vitamin D to help prevent anxiety and depression. When we think of vitamin D, we often think of bone health and immune system support. In addition, vitamin D is an essential vitamin for brain health, positive moods, and good memory.
0: You're right, Cara. Researchers have found that low levels of vitamin D have been associated with depression, autism, psychosis, Alzheimer's disease, even things like MS, heart disease, diabetes, cancer, and obesity. That's quite the list. It
1: really is. <laughs> I mean, these are all just... did. Aging, chronic, mm-hmm. degenerative diseases mm-hmm. people are trying to avoid. Absolutely. We strongly encourage you to have your vitamin D level tested. Most people are going to feel best when their vitamin D level is in the range between 50 to 80. Mm-hmm. And if you do, if you find that you're low and you need to supplement, it's very inexpensive. And we recommend taking it in a soft gel form. It's the most absorbable form. Mm-hmm. Just remember, vitamin D is an essential nutrient for
0: every cell in the body. It really is. So, before we went to break, listeners, we were, Cara um, was sharing a little bit of research about how sugar, especially things like high fructose corn syrup, um, leads to more stress. You know, the pathway in the brains that deal with stress had been changed in in those um, research mice. So, as a nutritionist, it would seem that if Sugar consumption has increased. Right before I said, around the 1940s, the average person was eating about two pounds of sugar per year, and currently, the average person is eating over 150 pounds of sugar per year. Remember, you're looking at those those grocery carts <laughs> right. full of those five pound bags. bags of sugar. Yeah, you know, and we've seen the rate of anxiety and depression in teens continue to increase, you know, almost to an epidemic proportion. So there must be a connection between mm-hmm. that sugar mm-hmm. and brain health. So tell us a little bit more, Cara.
1: Personally, I know that I can't drink soda. Mm-hmm. I can't eat foods that contain a lot of sugar or high fructose corn syrup. Otherwise, the depression and anxiety that I'm prone to having, and mm-hmm. I'll talk more about that, but mm-hmm. that will start creeping back in. And it's just, it's really not worth it. Yeah. When I'm working with a teenager that's struggling with this, I I mentioned before, the first thing I do is I say, what do you eat for breakfast? Mm -hmm. And I encourage them to eat real food for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And I also explain that foods like pizza, beverages like soda, Mm -hmm. breakfast like cereal and toast are not real food. Mm -hmm. They're really just... Processed carbohydrates, yeah, that turn into a lot of sugar. Mm-hmm. So, is this a good time
0: for me to share my story? Yeah, I think it would be way. really great for listeners to get to get an idea of you know your personal but also professional experience. Sure, yeah.
1: and I mean, I just I want to share this because it can happen to anyone, and hopefully, people can relate, and then also know that when I'm working with someone, I know firsthand because I've what to do i've been through it so you know if i'm honest with myself shelby i guess i probably had anxiety and depression as a teenager Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but it wasn't anything that was diagnosed yeah it's all in hindsight now looking back Mm -hmm. but i actually was diagnosed in my 20s and did start a variety of medications for Uh several years um, but at the time, I really was not aware of the nutritional connection. Uh huh. And so I would kind of go back and forth between depression and anxiety. Really? Yeah. But what I figured out after coming to Nutritional Weight and Wellness and getting trained and becoming a nutritionist is I have probably struggled with blood sugar issues my whole life. Like so many people. <laughs> right. When they
0: understand, OK, the food that I eat does impact how I feel. Mm -hmm. But how scary for you to have that experience over years and years and years and not be able to actually put your finger on, well, what impacts this? You know, you started with medications, it sounds like. And some of them
1: worked a Mm -hmm. little bit, but Mm -hmm. they all have side effects Mm -hmm. that are often very uncomfortable. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. Um, So my goal was always to get off the medication. And what I do now is I just really have to eat about every three hours. Yep. I have to make sure that I'm starting out my day with protein and healthy fat, like eggs cooked in butter Mm -hmm. with some vegetables, coffee and caffeine. I really Mm -hmm. cannot ever have on an empty stomach. I can have (laughs) a little bit (laughs) with food, but just an FYI, if teens are drinking caffeine and we'll talk more about that too, Mm -hmm. that can really spike the blood sugar and lead to a crash and anxiety and depression. And that's what was happening to me. So once I figured all that out, I can maintain my moods mm-hmm. without medication.
0: Well, Kara, give us give us some idea of what that crash would feel like for you. If you had a blood sugar crash, you said you'd feel maybe more anxious. But mm-hmm. what are some other things that you might have experienced?
1: Sure, I mean heart palpitations, mm-hmm. um, sweaty palms. Mm-hmm. More brain chatter, negative thinking mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, could, you know, can also kind of lead to depression. Yeah. Maybe putting things out of proportion, making a bigger deal of things. Yeah.
0: Would you ever get shaky? I know that if mm-hmm. if I were to have a cup of coffee on an empty stomach, I yes. would start to notice I'd get a little shaky or maybe feel. I think we a lot of people call them like butterflies in your stomach, but I would just feel like. Not myself.
1: Right, right. Something feels off, Mm -hmm. shaky, definitely Mm -hmm. is another um, symptom.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think that for a lot of people who are listening this morning or even, you know, if they're listening as a podcast, you know, they probably want to know, well, what do you do differently now? And you said you start your day off with breakfast. But, you know, what piece of advice would you give to a parent who's listening or even a grandparent who has a teenager in their life? You know, is there anything mm-hmm. that that you would say to them to get them started, you know, to help someone in their life? Sure. I mean, even with my daughter and I mean, she's
1: six, but I before six s- going on 16, though, right? Exactly. <laughs> she could be a little preteen <laughs> some days. I start her day out with eggs, sausage, nitrate and nitrate free sausages. Protein, it sounds like. Yeah. Protein mm-hmm. and fat. Um, you know, I wouldn't send her off to school having just toast or cereal mm-hmm. or a bagel mm-hmm. or something like that because mm-hmm. i know that that would affect her moods and her energy i've seen it <laughs> her
0: teacher would be calling you and going what is what is
1: different today <laughs> right and i try to send snacks mm-hmm. that have protein and fat mm-hmm. and just really avoiding things that are just carbohydrates on their own like yeah. granola bars mm-hmm you know, chips, things like that. Those are going to create more anxiety and depression in a lot of kids. Yeah,
0: granola bars and cereal. You know, think of all of those advertising dollars that have been spent to convince us that those quick, convenient things like cereal and toast and even juice, those things are the breakfast of champions, right? We -hmm. hear that all the time. But really the truth is those sorts of things are a breakfast that's that are going to contribute to more anxiety and depression. So how did we become so confused on what to eat in the morning? You know, I talked a little bit earlier, but for myself, I know that a breakfast with some protein, with some good carbohydrates like fruit or vegetables, and some healthy fat like avocados, that is key for me to have a calm, a happy, and a relaxed brain. And who doesn't want that? Exactly. Shelby, is it time for a break? Yeah, I think we should take our second break here quick. So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition, brought to you by Nutritional Weight and Wellness. An important but often forgotten supplement to help decrease symptoms of anxiety and depression is called Omega-3, found in food sources like salmon, mackerel, tuna, and herring. Deficiencies in those omega-3 fatty acids have been associated with cognitive decline, depression, mood swings, and even neuropathy. When we come back from break, we will share more about the importance of these essential fatty acids for good brain function. We'll be right back. Hey Cravings, what's up? Not you, because I'm taking you down.
1: Oh, didn't see
0: that coming? Because I've always
1: buckled under your pressure? Well, this is my house now. So bring it, ice cream. You want a piece of me cake? I see you in the pantry, potato chips. See, this super chick got herself to nutritional weight and wellness and learned that cravings aren't a willpower thing, more like a blood sugar, mineral deficiency, digestive thing. And eating in balance slays the beast. Animal protein. Healthy fats. Vegetable carbs. The temptation-taming Tribe trifecta. Make you shrink and me shine. Do I feel deprived?
0: <laughs>
1: Not when I'm armed with my nutritional weight and wellness num-num chucks. So step off, cravings, or I'll swing you into oblivion. I guess I better clean this up.
0: Learn how to conquer your cravings with the Nutrition for Weight Loss program at Nutritional Weight and Wellness, on-site or online. Visit weightandwellness.com.
1: Welcome back. You're listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Many times, parents understand that omega-3 fatty acids are good for their child's brain, but they just can't get their child to take a fish oil soft gel. We have another way to get the most crucial fatty acid into a child. And one or two supplement companies produce, it's actually a non-fish form of omega-3. It's called DHA. And this DHA essential fatty acid comes from algae. So it's vegetarian as well for any vegetarians or vegans that are looking for omega-3s.
0: And it's really small. It's a really small soft gel. So for people who have a hard time swallowing the fish oil pills, the omega-3 fish oil pills, that DHA soft gel would be a really great option for them because it's small. It's way smaller
1: than the yeah. the typical <laughs> ones. I mean, I'm fine swallowing those, but a lot mm-hmm. of people do have issues. Yeah. So these are nice and tiny. Mm-hmm. DHA fat is also found in eggs from chickens that are running around in the pasture and the grass. Chickens. <laughs> DHA is also found in breast milk. Mm-hmm. DHA, essential fatty acid, is really critical for good brain function. And it's especially important for the development of babies' eyes, brain, and immune system. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I was pregnant, I was took DHA, yep. I tell my clients to when mm-hmm. they're pregnant and a lot of doctors are recommending that as well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So before we went to break, Cara, we were talking a little bit about what anxiety or depression or low blood sugar would would feel like for someone who's experiencing um, those symptoms. You know, we were talking about how breakfast really sets someone up to have good moods throughout the day. You know, it could be a breakfast that's going to give us good energy and positive moods and a good outlook. That's right. But it could be a sugar, uh, you know, a really high sugar breakfast that's going to set us up for that blood sugar spike and crash that you talked Mm -hmm. about. So, you know, tell us a little bit more about how you support your clients and how you encourage them to support their brain health at breakfast. Sure.
1: Some people enjoy having eggs and bacon. Mm -hmm. And as their protein and fat, maybe cook the eggs and some butter. They may have some vegetables with that. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just think outside the box and I'll have more of a dinner for breakfast. Mm-hmm. And if there's leftovers, I've been known to eat a hamburger for breakfast. Yeah. Maybe a hamburger with some sweet potato and butter mm-hmm. Yum. on a little side of vegetables. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and s- teens, we often hear that, you know, some teens are rushed in the morning, especially if they have an early start for school. And a protein shake might work better in some situations, a especially go for option. teenagers. Yeah. Exactly. I hear
0: that a lot from, from parents who are bringing in their kids and they think, you know, if I only have this much time, what do I send them out with? And I think the yeah. protein shake is a great option. And I know we have quite a few recipes on our website at weightandwellness.com if anyone yeah. needs that's some more direction. that's a great suggestion.
1: Not all protein shakes are the same. So I really recommend that listeners go to our website, look for the recipe because Jamba Juice is not a protein shake or, you know, things with juice. We want something that's going to have a good whey protein powder Mm -hmm. and it has to have a fat like coconut milk Mm -hmm. or... Some kind of fat peanut butter would Mm -hmm. be another great one.
0: Avocado. You know, Cara, I used to in college, I would get the like naked juice smoothies. Mm -hmm. And I thought I was doing a really good job because it lists all the fruit. And then if I'm honest with myself, too, I think that probably created, Hmm. you know, a a lot of sugar for me. Sure. And we you might have <laughs> thought have it was protein. healthy
1: because it said smoothie on it or uh-huh. it had fruit or something exactly. like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But not. It's too much sugar. So another thing that is not going to support moods is skipping breakfast. We know for sure that that results in low blood sugar and mm-hmm. that can exacerbate both depression and anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And often, I don't know how many teens are drinking coffee or caffeine, but... That's really going to set the stage for anxiety and depression.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I think more so than anything, if you go to Caribou or Starbucks or any of those coffee shops, people are getting, teens more likely are getting the smoothies from there or getting, Mm -hmm. you know, like a a cooler or some sort of iced frappuccino. yeah, Yeah, which is, you know, maybe a little bit of caffeine, but probably more. A lot of sugar as well. So kind of a (laughs) double combo. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. You know, let's talk about a few other important brain nutrients that teens need. It may surprise you that I'm going to start with the mineral iron. As nutritionists, we know that iron is necessary to produce energy in both the body and the brain. So pretty important. We know iron Deficiency anemia is associated with things like depression, rapid fatigue after exercising, and even apathy. So, when we reviewed the research, we found that twice as many women as men are clinically depressed, and that oftentimes this gender difference starts in those adolescents, you know, really starting in those teenage years. So, we have to ask the question why might women? have lower levels of iron. You know, it could be a result of, you know, heavy bleeding, maybe their menstrual cycle. It could be that they've been choosing to not eat meat or going back to people who are maybe mm. skipping meals to cut calories. We hear that all the time. We do. The foods that contain
1: iron are going to be, well, the, the one that contains the most iron is liver. Yum. <laughs>
0: I'm sure all you know. listeners are thinking, yes, I'm going to go get some liver
1: today. <laughs> some of our nutritionists love liver. I'm thinking maybe <laughs> Brenna loves liver, but that maybe isn't the first choice for a lot of teens. So other great sources of iron would be steak, mm-hmm. grass-fed meat or grass-fed burgers, buffalo or bison, yep. chicken, turkey, and salmon all contain okay. iron.
0: Now we're, now we're talking. Okay. Some other options, yeah. People are relieved. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And I always encourage um, my clients or even people listening today to get a blood test that will not only measure their hemoglobin, but also their ferritin level. So let's talk about that. Your ferritin level is testing the amount of iron that is stored in your body. And personally, I find that the ferritin <laughs> level is best when it's around 70 I've had many clients who if their ferritin level is 20 or even lower that person or even that teenager mm-hmm. is no doubt lacking energy and is probably feeling somewhat depressed mm-hmm. or down. I actually I had a client coming in um I believe she was about 14 or 15 and she was having you know low energy wasn't able to perform cross country, you know her coach actually mm-hmm. asked her parents, you know, to get things figured out cuz her energy was was just tanking mm-hmm. at cross country meets, and yeah, the first time around they didn't t- they didn't test her ferritin level, um, and finally she she got that tested, and it was hmm. re- it was scary low that she had to spend wow. time in the hospital. Oh I mean, my was, goodness! Yeah, so really important to have okay. that ferritin level tested. So
1: she, I'm guessing she ha- kept they kept testing
0: her hemoglobin, her hemoglobin, and, and it they was had normal. Her- yep, or it was
1: in that normal range. Yep, it was
0: in the normal range. Her. Iron level was low. She wasn't eating a lot of meat, mm-hmm. um, but she wouldn't take the iron supplement because she didn't like to swallow pills. Okay, so yeah, it it was interesting. Kind of scary I had for a them. similar
1: client. I didn't know you had a client like that, but I mm-hmm. had a an athlete who was not able to compete. And yeah. because of energy levels and oxygen levels, mm-hmm. breathing issues, mm-hmm. and her ferritin was also very low, and yeah. she was able to get it resolved. So that's interesting. Yeah. So yeah, when the ferritin level is low, we look at what is a teen eating or what is a teen missing more from, often than they're diet. not eating. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes we suspect a gluten sensitivity, and we do recommend when the ferritin is low that they take reacted iron it's a mm-hmm. basically a chelated iron or iron glycinate mm-hmm. i think is another really name really easy
0: to absorb yeah mm-hmm. adequate
1: iron is necessary for good mental health and as a side note just be aware that caffeine is something that can deplete iron
0: Oh, so kind of going back to those lattes or those mochas. If teens are getting those for breakfast before they go to school, yeah. those could be kind of a double a double whammy. Mm-hmm. You know, they may have that sugar crash from all of the the sweetener in there, but the caffeine could also be affecting their the iron Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, I think that's so interesting. Well, Carl, let's look at some other important minerals. Researchers from the University of Wales found that low levels of the mineral selenium are associated with lower moods. So let's think about foods that are high in selenium. No surprise, listeners, liver's at the top of the list. <laughs> Some other things like seafood, even eating six to eight Brazil nuts on most days will also give you a great source of selenium for good moods. And we've talked before, Cara, actually you and I are on the show talking about selenium and how it, yeah. important it is for good thyroid function. Yes,
1: definitely. hmm And as long as we're talking about minerals, let's talk about the really important mineral zinc. Mm -hmm. Researchers have found zinc levels to be lower in people that have clinical depression. We need zinc because it's essential for immune function. Um, People who have insufficient zinc levels may get colds and viruses more frequently. Mm -hmm. And another sign of being low in zinc is if someone is really craving a sweet or a dessert After a meal, and you know, like after dinner, oh, I have to have my sweet one Hershey kiss. Yeah, (laughs) we hear that all the time, (laughs) and that is a sign of a zinc deficiency. Mm -hmm. We also need zinc for healthy thyroid, similar to selenium. Mm -hmm. Men need zinc for prostate health. And here's something really interesting if you're low in zinc, you may start losing your sense of taste and or smell.
0: Wow. Zinc sounds like it's really important for anyone. Did you know that 75% of the population is low in zinc? I did not know that, but I'm not surprised. You know, we're going to leave you guys on a cliffhanger here. I want you to think over break. What sort of foods are going to be high in zinc? So you are listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. Next Saturday, November 18th, Registered Dietitian Joanne Rideout and Nutrition Educator Angela Makepeace will be presenting the Food Connection to ADHD Seminar. It's a seminar in our St. Paul office at 45 North Snelling Avenue in St. Paul. Come join us from 9.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m., for information, support, laughter, and, of course, healthy snacks. Continuing education credits are available for nurses and social workers. You can call 651-699-3438 for more details on that seminar, or you can go to weightandwellness.com to sign up. Next week on Dishing Up Nutrition, join Cassie and Marcy as they discuss irritable bowel syndrome, also known as IBS, and how it relates to food. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to Dishing Up Nutrition. Here's an interesting fact about the sales of soda and energy drinks. As the dangers of soda are becoming more and more known to the general public, The sales of soda have dropped, but only to be taken over by sports drinks and energy drinks. Mm -hmm. The sales of sports and energy drinks are skyrocketing. When you look at the label, you can see that these drinks are marketed as having mental and performance benefits. But in reality, they're just another form of sugar. The sugar is getting into the body. It's getting into the brain. Sugar and alcohol are both depressants. And so we know that all of these things, sugar, caffeine, alcohol are not good for teens having anxiety and depression.
0: Well, and especially when you think about those developing brains. I mean, the brain is still developing into the the mid 20s. So, you know, if you're yeah. having those stimulants and those depressants, you know, those are going to impact the health of the brain. Yep. You know, yep. so That's we always, a good
1: reminder about the brain developing mm-hmm. into the 20s. We always
0: get parents or grandparents who ask, you know, well, if they are in sports, you know, what would be a good thing for them to drink? And we say water. water. <laughs> Keep it simple. Yeah. If
1: someone is exercising for an hour, they just really need water.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, you know, a, maybe a long distance runner on during a race marathon, need an electrolyte <laughs> replacement at some point, yeah. but we would encourage one without sugar and not a typical Gatorade.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, Cara, this is perfect because we actually have a caller, Joan. You have a question for us about potassium this morning? Yes, um, I'm being treated for a skin disease, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm on uh, Cellcept, folic acid. Uh, in prednisone right now. Okay. And, uh, they did some blood work and I got a call. She said, everything looks fine except that my potassium levels were high. And Mm. after I got off the phone, I thought, I wonder, does she mean they were low? Yeah. I don't know why they would be, I I know I eat bananas, but not that, you know, every other week maybe. Yeah. And I'll have a handful of pistachios here and there, but Do you think she meant it was low? You know, that's a really great question. You know, are you noticing that you have, you know, weak legs or you tire easily? Yes. Oh, that to me sounds like it is related to potassium. You know, I would recommend, you know, maybe give... Your doctor's office a call and just confirm that because okay. if you do indeed have low potassium, uh-huh. you know, that could be related to those electrolytes like Carr and I were talking about. Okay. Um, but yeah, it would be really important to know. If it is out of range if it's if it's too high or too low. and right, if right. it is low, looking at a simple electrolyte replacement, not something like Gatorade that has um, a lot of sugar in there. but no. okay. um, give our office a call today yeah. after you you touch base or even next week after you touch base with your doctor. Okay. Um, if you have any more questions about how to rebalance those electrolytes because we want you to be feeling good. Yeah, really. Okay. Well thanks for your call this Thank morning. You. Yeah. So, Cara, um, you know, when we were talking about zinc before break, we left all of our listeners thinking about what foods would be high in zinc. And, you know, by now, our listeners probably know we're going to talk about mm-hmm. liver, but we're going to give you some other <laughs> options, guys. You don't have to eat liver. But, you know, when we're thinking about foods that are high in zinc, the answer is animal protein. So beef and chicken and turkey and bison and even things like pork. So if you think you may be low in zinc, I'm going to recommend you stop in one of our seven Metro offices and ask one of our lovely staff members for a zinc taste test. It's free. You can come in. It only takes a few minutes. But oftentimes we find that people who are low in zinc... Need thirty to fifty milligrams of zinc daily to support good immune mm-hmm. function and healthy brain function. Not only teens, but you know people who are getting colds and frequent right. flu, you know, men who need some support with prostate health, all those things mm-hmm. you reported, Cara. Mm-hmm.
1: It's good for skin. It's mm-hmm. great going into the winter too, when our immune system is support down a little that, bit. Yep, support that immune system. Yeah. As we reported earlier in the show today, Twenty-five percent of teens in the age range thirteen through eighteen have an anxiety disorder. Mm-hmm. Many of those teens are even too anxious to go to school. Yeah, and that's really disheartening. As a nutritionist who works with teens and their parents, both Shelby and I understand that you cannot supplement a depressed or anxious teen. Or an adult out of a poor diet so you can't just take a bunch of supplements Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and not focus on diet
0: have to focus on the real food
1: exactly sometimes adding supplements in is important but we already want to have that foundation of the Mm -hmm. the real food yeah we believe that in order to restore brain function and lift depression and anxiety the first step is to eat real food in balance and so you might be asking some questions like well How does real protein like fish, chicken, eggs, beef, turkey, pork, or seafood, how does that support brain health? Why is it important to eat vegetables and fruits as my carbohydrates for good brain health? Why do I need healthy fats for good brain health?
0: Yeah, and when we look at those food groups, we know that they are critical for good mental health. You know, the protein foods that we eat like eggs, beef, chicken turkey and even seafood they're actually broken down in our digestive system into those individual amino acids and those amino acids work to build all of our neurotransmitters or our brain chemicals so when we're eating animal protein those proteins break down into the building blocks for our brain chemicals and those brain chemicals help our cells communicate with each other you know so I don't want to get too sciencey here, too complex, but I want listeners to know that the neurotransmitter dopamine is made from the amino acid called tyrosine and the neurotransmitter serotonin is made from the amino acid tryptophan. And I think of serotonin as the, the really important brain chemical for sleep and for good mm-hmm. moods. So when there's a lack of protein, there is often a lack of those amino acids. And researchers have found that without sufficient dopamine and serotonin, those, those brain chemicals, people are often anxious, aggressive, you know, they have low moods.
1: And with that great information... Good mental health really starts with eating a sufficient amount of animal protein. Mm-hmm. Some of our clients have lost their will to eat even, and others are not interested in eating a steak or a chicken breast. So, you know, we talked earlier about having things like eggs or a protein shake.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Cart, do you want to take a caller? We, we've we got another caller. Sure. I'm wondering if we have time Let's see. We've got one minute. One here. minute. So, yeah, I think okay. uh, Kathleen, you have a quick question about vitamin D for us this morning. Good morning, Kathleen. You have a question? Yes, for us? I'm here. Sure. Yeah. Um, I, uh, we both, my husband and I, both had uh, blood tests, uh-huh. and so I'm a 30 on vitamin D, and he's a 19. Mm-hmm. And I have your vitamin uh, D gel tablets. Mm-hmm.
1: How many
0: yeah. of those should we take a day? Yeah, so to build vitamin D, if your vitamin D level um, needs a little support, I would recommend during the wintertime doing about 5,000 IUs. Okay. That's that's what I take in the wintertime to make sure that I'm in that range that Cara talked about, the 50 to 80. So thanks for your question this morning.
1: Yeah, uh, and I take that as well, Shelby, mm-hmm. 5,000, yeah. especially in the winter. So just kind of recapping, animal protein is going to give us those amino acids that are going to help the body and the brain to make serotonin and dopamine. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And that's really the biggest antidote to anxiety and depression is having adequate levels Of serotonin and dopamine,
0: absolutely. And when we talk about nutrition, we know that in order to get the brain the nutrients that they that it needs to function, that real food is that foundation. So, you know, it it's not often going to change in a matter of a week or even a few months. But um, I just want to remind people that our goal at Nutritional Weight and Wellness each week is to help. People experience better health and great brain function through real food. It's a simple yet powerful message. Eating real food is life-changing. Thank you for listening and have a good food day. Thanks for listening to Dishing Up Nutrition. If you enjoy this podcast, please share your favorite episodes with a friend or leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or iHeartRadio.